Welcome. What's up, everyone? <laughs> Episode 48. We are not dead. <laughs> we are alive. We are back. You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. All right, I feel like we have a little bit of explaining to do because for 48 straight weeks, we did not miss one week. I know. And then... And then we took how many months off? We just disappeared. Yeah. Well. Not cool. But then again, it's like... But we were putting other content out for people. They don't care. They don't care? Okay, well... Sometimes people need to take breaks. Yeah, that's the route I'd go. That's okay. Um, okay, so <laughs> just to fill you guys in a little bit, we were all ready to go to Washington to this for the summer to go to Seattle to this Bible camp, and we're like double timing these podcasts. I mean, we're like doing two or three a week, which is so hard because it's like every night we had no breathing space, and then we found out that we were like not allowed at the camp anymore that's a whole nother story if you haven't heard that one i don't know what to tell you <clears throat> and then it was just like we were just done like yeah all we... the pressure for recording the podcast just went out the window right then our kids still went to the camp so they left us our three older so kids. we stopped the vlog because now we're just like everything's changed and we were trying to plan a trip with our three younger kids somewhere. And yeah, I think just our momentum was, we lost it during that whole transition. And then we got back and it was like every night we've been like, oh, we should record a podcast tonight. And then I like, we had this new studio that we're trying to set up, but it was echoey like crazy. So I had to buy a rug and spent $200 on that. And we haven't moved all of our equipment there yet. And it's still echoey. Um, still echoey so then Mm. i'm like well finally no more excuses but it's hard to get going again it is which is one of the things we're going to be talking about today but first we have some mail to talk about from kelsey we got a little letter but she said some nice things but more importantly hear that that's what ten dollars sounds like for the chair fund so that's going in the chair fund yeah that's the chair fund jar you're hearing. So thank you, Kelsey. But I'm not done yet. Okay. We got more money coming in. More money. Yay. Ben and Cammie started watching your families while you hike on the AT. So this is from Tim, who not only sent us two cigars, mm. Maker's Mark cigars. That's right. But... Another $10. Two fives for the... Chair fund. Wow. Let's do some uh clappy clap. Yeah. Can you get on that? We appreciate you guys helping us with our butts because well, it'll be nice to finally get chairs. Alright, we have an exciting episode today, but before we do, we have a message from a sponsor. And today's topic, that's not for YouTube people, that's only for the podcast folks. Um, Okay, today's topic is one that I'm really excited about, and it's about forward motion, um, because that's something that has impacted us as we've created content, created vlog episodes, recorded podcasts, and even struggled to not I mean, when we stopped recording podcasts, it's so hard to get going. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just going to tell a story, or you can tell a story. We can tell it together. Mm -hmm. Please butt in. Okay. But we have to tell a story, and then we're going to share a few things that we learned from the story. And I really think that this concept of forward motion will, will hopefully, I'd love it if it helps some people out there to understand what's going on in their life or maybe some people around them. So our daughter, Memory, she is almost 13. <clears throat> she went to this fair with my parents. And she came back and she had held some sort of animal. 
that I had never even heard of. And she showed me this animal, and and she was like in love with this animal. She said it was like the cutest thing ever, and she showed me this animal, and this animal was but ugly. Yeah, I mean, it was homely looking. (laughs) Homely? (laughs) Yeah, it had like the bug eyes. Some people think that's cute, though. Uh, Yeah, some people. Like people who have pugs. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's kind of like a pug, but smaller. But it was but ugly. (laughs) But she didn't think so. She thought it was the greatest thing ever. And they let her hold this thing. And these things are branded amazingly because it's just this little like squirrel rat thing. Do you know what it's called? Well, I think there's a few names for it. One of the names oh. is Pocket Pet. Well, that was how it's branded. That's how it's branded. That can't be how it. But what's the actual it's like scientific name? It's like a sugar name? glider or Sh- something. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. A sugar glider. So if you want to Google these ugly little motherfuckers, <laughs> you can Google sugar glider. Yeah. And you'll see what these things look like. They look like little gremlin homelings <laughs> turds yeah but but they're fuzzy and they're nice yeah but but it's her it was like well it's not her first pet but but she came back and she was so amped about these things so wouldn't you know it the people that had you hold the pocket pet that goes in your pocket and falls in love with you at the fair are selling these pocket pets mm-hmm. do you know how much they cost oh yeah this is crazy what is it 600 bucks no it's about very close to 900 dollars. and i guess that does include like their habitat which is fairly substantial and like i don't know some food for the year or something like that like these pellet special pellets and i guess they eat other stuff too which is kind of cool they're kind of like I don't know rabbits that way where they can they eat produce and stuff, um, but nine. I know it was it was. Is that just for one? I thought she wanted two also. No, that's just for one. Two's like way way more. So she came back and she was just on sugar glider pocket pet high. She was motivated. She was yeah. like t- all she was talking about was sugar gliders. All she was thinking about. Well, and. I know you're getting to this, but the brilliant thing is she wasn't just talking about it or thinking about it. She put that into action. Okay, so let's talk about what that looked like. Yeah. Because we decided a while ago that we're not going to pay for things like this. Yeah. But we give our kids allowance, and we show them how to make money, I I think. We model it to a certain degree so Mm -hmm. that if they want it, we're also not going to stop them from having it. They get to decide, but they're going to pay for it. Unless it's like maybe christmas or her birthday Mm -hmm. but memory gets in her mind that she needs one of these things pronto like yesterday yeah so she starts begging everyone around the house for jobs (laughs) can i do this for 50 cents can i do that for a dollar can i do this can i do that hey do you have work for me yet when do i get to we're talking about doing merch or fight for together so every day she's asking me if we have merch yet and i'm like no no (laughs) no and then, so she did snow cones for my birthday, and she did a killer job. Like, basically, she made all these syrups from scratch, like probably five of them. Yeah. Like mango, strawberry. So she's like going to the store, Coconut. getting strawberries, boiling it down, filtering it, adding sugar, and then making all these syrups from scratch. And now she's like, and she figured out once, I think, that she could make like a hundred bucks a day. Yeah. Well, like that was a really a good day. It was a hundred dollars a day. Selling snow cones Just on, on a sidewalk. The, yeah. On these blazing hotter than hell days in Kentucky. Right. So now she's like putting two and two together and she's like, I'm basically starting a snow cone factory. So she's just like every day she's out there for hours selling these snow cones yeah okay this probably lasted like three weeks where she i would say maybe three days a week she was out there and she's saving up money and she's like not she buying got, anything she got well 
I don't want to give anything away. So then, though, everything's, like, gone, right? <laughs> and then this fascinating thing happened. In the course of, I think, one day. Well, I think I have to first say how much money she saved up to, at this point. She got she saved up around $500 at this point. And that means not going to the store and buying candy. I mean, she had to, like, make some sacrifices. So that was interesting. So then, somehow, I'm not sure how or what, but she tells us that she had two conversations, I think, in one day. Yeah. With people about the sugar glider. It might have been one conversation, but two people talking about it at the same time. One was with her sister, and one was with kind of a family friend. And do you know who initiated the conversation? That could be kind of important. I don't think... I think memory was telling them. I'm sure my guess is that she was she was initiating telling them because she was so excited about this thing. Yes, she was telling everybody about these things. And she wanted it so fast that she was like, can you just pay for half of it? Can you just pay... Please, can you just pay for half of it? Because she already had more than half saved up. <clears throat> and what happened was... I wasn't there for the conversation, but I come home and she tells me about these conversations she had with her sister and this family friend that's an adult. And all she said was, like, she doesn't want the sugar glider anymore. Or she was, like, she was, like, not into it anymore. Or she was into it still, but it was like the wind was out of the sails. It it was like she was into it, but she realized... Or had can let these people convince her that it wasn't worth that much money. Well, both these people that had these conversations were asking questions like, oh, is that the best use of $1,000? Or... Aren't you going to get tired of it within like, I don't know, a year or so? Yeah. Or I think they live, they live kind of like... 10 or 12 years so (laughs) so if they look like goblins now you can imagine what they look like later (laughs) but what was fascinating was i think these are actually like really good questions and i think those are really things that i like to think about before making a purchase myself Mm -hmm. but i want to share what happened afterwards yeah because like cammy said this this wind was completely out of memory sales she decided that she didn't care about these sugar gliders anymore. Or really, or was, that she shouldn't care. Yeah, it was kind of mixed because I could tell she still wanted them, but now she kind of felt like it would be a stupid decision. Yeah. So she couldn't justify it anymore. Yeah. So she had kind of decided that didn't make sense to. And it was still summertime, and we have no rules in the Crawford household. And memory loves Netflix. So immediately after deciding that she wasn't going to get the sugar glider, I look over and instead of grinding out, making snow cones and begging for work, she's sitting there on the couch watching Netflix for four hours a day mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And I was like, mm. dang it. Like I didn't mm-hmm. even care about the sugar glider, mm-hmm. but it was cool watching her move to something that she was passionate about. Yeah. Right. So in light of that story, Today's topic is going to be about the benefits of forward motion and three things that we've observed with each other, ourselves, and our kids about how to kind of like operate in a way that respects this type of process. Um, So the first thing that I've learned about forward motion And maybe we should define forward motion. Forward motion, well, we'll get into that. But the first thing is that every step is a good step. Hmm. And that's a a hard one to believe for me. Mm -hmm. Because I think I used to believe in steps forward and steps backward and positive steps and negative steps. And like, Mm. oh, I'm stepping and you're not stepping. Or stepping forward looks like learning or looks like not buying pocket pets or looks like spending money responsibly but like every step forward that you're moving is learning Hmm. and this is true in so many areas of my life like let i mean 
the biggest example that we have in the last number of years is recording these vlog episodes. We set a goal to record a vlog episode five days a week, almost four years ago, exactly. Yeah. And we did it. And the first ones I look at and I cringe, they're like terrible and they suck. Mm -hmm. But you know what the thing was, is we were always moving forward. And in that way, I can look at the episode and I can say that sucks, but I can also say it got us to where we are now. Absolutely. And because of that, it was good. Yeah. Another example we have from recently. Can you share about how one month ago you were not putting anything up on Instagram or playing hardly oh, any music? Yeah. Yeah. I have been passionate about music for a while. And I kind of realized I wanted to start not just learning music, but creating music. And so I decided that I was going to start putting myself more out there creatively on videos. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to post something music related five days a week, even if it's like not great or whatever, I'm just going to get it out there. And I've been doing that now for a few weeks. Um, and another big step that I took for me was in order to take my stuff more seriously, I decided I need to work on this for at least an hour, Monday through Friday, um, every day, but I need childcare so that I can not be distracted. So I'm paying memory to watch Rainier for an hour a day. And that's, that was a really big step because it told me, okay, this is important that I'm paying someone in order for me to do this. So that the first day of doing that was last Friday. <sighs> yeah. And next I want a recording studio. <laughs> and not to burst any bubbles, but the songs that you're recording right now are not super magical. No. You're not making any money off it. No. You don't have many Instagram fans. Nope. Or followers in the grand scheme of things. No. And you don't have much of a plan. I really don't. No, I just, I just am, I, well, yeah. And even like hearing that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, they're not great. So maybe I should just stop. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. But that's no, not the point. The point is, but I, you're moving forward. Yeah. Every day, you're overcoming you're, le you're learning. I've watched you get more comfortable with Instagram. Mm -hmm. I mean, at first you were like so torn about whether to start a new account. You're making oh, all these excuses right, right. about how That's true. your song, you didn't know any songs and they weren't that great. And every day that I've seen you put a video out, I've seen you face those things. Hmm. It's probably doing stuff to me that I have no idea, like pushing me in, in that this direction that I want to go that I don't even realize <clears throat> all that it's doing. Like my music teacher said that he thinks that by putting these videos out, it's actually pushing me to be a better guitar slash singer. Well, I watched you get better at filming and just the camera setup. I mean, you yeah. didn't have any idea how to do that. No. <laughs> um, it's developed your confidence. Yep. But I guess, once again, sticking to the topic, mm -hmm. it was just... Every, you just had to focus on taking one step forward at a time. Well, and another example with this is I wrote my first song, and I'm sure it's not great, but it's it, but it's a song. I've never written a song before, and I just plan on, okay, once I finish one song, I'm just going to write another song. I'm going to keep – it's kind of like with our vlogs, like the first whatever, maybe 50, I don't know, songs, they won't, probably won't be that great, you know, but as I keep – pumping these songs out i think i'll get better at it so one of the things that i'm a huge fan of with ourselves and our kids is just forward movement you know stop talking about running go running i don't care if it's five minutes or five hours or five miles or if you take 20 breaks but just like go and when you do something when you get off the couch when you face your fears, face your demons, whatever it is. And I don't want to make it sound easy because I, it's not simplistic, but mm -hmm. but it still is the answer is forward movement somehow. It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be forward, one step forward. Mm -hmm. And when you take the steps forward, it opens up other options that you can't see when you're not moving. All right. 
So, okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is, and this is where it gets a little tricky because it gets a little relational and you get into parenting things, but you never know what forward motion looks like for other people. Mm-hmm. So someone could look at you and be like, oh, your song that you're recording is stupid. But they don't know like what's going on inside and how mm-hmm. much of a victory it was for you to record that song. Yeah. But if they say that song is stupid. Or it's stupid that you're doing this. Yeah, not only, I mean, I guess they're entitled to their opinion, but they're like <laughs> completely wrong. Like, it's not stupid to you. Huh. Second of all, it's really not helpful hmm. to someone that's trying to take steps forward for to hear a critical voice, no yeah. matter how true it is. Yeah. Yep. Um, so one of the biggest examples we have in our life right now of one of our family members taking forward motion that doesn't look like any of us is Eden who decided to go to public school. Mm-hmm. And that was hard because in a way, <clears throat> you know, we, we have philosophies about education systems and why they exist and what their pros and cons are and what a waste of time it is and, and this and that. And some of those things are true and some of them aren't, but there are opinions. But for Eden, for her goals, she decided that her next step forward is going to public school. Mm-hmm. So who are we to say that's a dumb thing? You know? Yeah. If it's taking her to the next step that she wants. And by the way, the next step that she wants could be quitting public school. Mm-hmm. But I want people to see instead of seeing that as a failure on either Ian's part or our part, to see that as success because it's not until she started school can she then see, oh, this isn't what I wanted. That's actually a huge win mm. sometimes is to go down a path that you then decide for yourself, not listening to someone else or based on fear, that you decide, I don't want to do that anymore. That's mm-hmm. a step forward. Yep. And with how many different creative endeavors and how unique we all are and how many different I don't know, roles we play both as parents and musicians and vloggers and wives or husbands or partners. I feel like one of the one of the best things we could ever do is to assume we don't know what steps forward look like for the people around us. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that, you know, I kind of learned in watching this interaction with memory and her pocket pet, I think she was taking steps forward. And I don't think what these people did was wrong, but I think it was, um, I think there was a cost to it that they were taking their responsible way of looking at money and their value for money and time and, and other values that they have. And they were asking memory, is this the best use of your time? And in a way I have a feeling because I've said all this sh- same shit a million times. I have a feeling they weren't really asking. They were kind of in a veiled way saying, this is not the best use well, of they, your money. They themselves probably would never have bought this pet. And so I think the trouble can come when we put project like our own values and judgments over someone else and say, well, if I don't like it, or want it then or if I think it's a waste of time and money then you should too and one of the biggest mistakes I think I've made in parenting is this belief I had for a long time where I believed it you could like save kids from skipping steps by kind of just telling them hey listen I'm old I know pocket pets are kind of dumb there's better use for your money so if I tell you that you can just believe it and skip all the wasted money and time and energy with a pocket pet Mm -hmm. and even if those things are true for you, those things might not be true for her. Maybe it'll be, maybe she would have had this amazing experience. The best time of her life. With this pet. Like maybe that would have given her like amazing memories. And oh, totally. A bond. And, no, I absolutely believe that. Yeah. Um, Cue the sad music. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we have any. Okay. We have a bomb dropping. <laughs> That's not quite the same thing. We have crickets. Mm, yeah, no. We'll have to find that. Sometime. Okay, so the solution um, 
the final point I wanted to make. Well, actually, before let's let's I want to tell a personal story before we move on to the next point, and that is when we started this vlog, there is a lot of people that were discouraging us because they were questioning our motives, our spiritual state, our qualifications, and all these things. And these are people that we considered friends at the time. Time has changed, and we saw the we we see it a little bit differently. But at the time, mm-hmm. these were some of the closest people, and these people were being like really discouraging about this project. And this project was a long time coming for us. We didn't just wake up one day and be like, "Hey, let's get our faces on YouTube." Mm-hmm. It was like we felt this pressure of like having this message that we wanted to share, and we tried it all these other ways, and it wasn't working. We didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And we're banging our head up against the wall, and we're going crazy. Mm-hmm. wanting to have these conversations with people but not knowing any place to have them and finally we we're like maybe we can do it on youtube and these people are like eh, no i don't think that's a good idea wouldn't suggest it so you know what i did i stopped hanging out with those people <laughs> not immediately well or some of them i guess in a way at least when it came to well i guess there was an intermediate step in between them which was like i stopped talking to them about this project Because it was kind of like a baby that I feel like we were giving birth to in terms of an idea. It was very fragile. Yeah. And we had, we struggled with so much motivation early on. I had so many doubts of my own. The last thing I could handle was other people. And I'm not saying whether they cared about me or not. Maybe they're the best friends on the planet. I don't know. But if we were going to move forward on this vlog project, I couldn't be around other people that were questioning it when I was questioning it so much myself. Right. So you know, kind of baked into the second point of not knowing what forward motion looks like for other people. Mm-hmm. I think there's a real possibility. There's other people that are doing projects out there. And if you've discouraged them, if I've discouraged them, and I know I have with people, there's a good chance they're not going to share that part of their life with you anymore. Yeah. Um, or yeah. they might even stop hanging out with you. Right. So the solution is the third point, I think, a solution, it's not the only solution, is very simply, and this is our third point, is to get permission before sharing your feelings. Hmm. And I think this is more than just words, by the way, more than asking. Um, I think, like, consent with, like, the whole Me Too movement is learning that a little bit. Like, you can ask someone and they can, like, verbally consent yeah but, but then they're actually like there's they're pressured there's a lot of pressure to do it that you can't see and i know it's a fine line there or there's hesitation as they're saying yes or all these like nuanced things i know with kids uh, they know i have a lot of power and if i say hey do you want to hear my opinion on this they're almost always going to say yes because they're kind of like trained to yeah and they don't know how to say no like they don't almost know they can say no some of our older ones know. <laughs> that's true well, even then, they almost yeah. always say yes, even if they're not listening. Yeah. Um, and when I say permission, I guess I mean probably verbal and emotional permission is, I think, a good idea before you offer feedback about your vantage point of someone else's steps forward. Well, and I'd even say I'd hesitate to even ask someone, especially when it has to do with something that maybe is fragile to them. I guess, first of all, you'd have to know them well enough to know it is fragile to them. And maybe any creative thing can be that, you know, can be kind of fragile. But the second thing is, I think, I don't know, wait till they ask you. (laughs) Like, why even give them feedback if they're not asking? I mean, I know why. I know why people do. I know why I do is because you think your feedback is so amazing and they've got to hear it, you know. But it's probably not going to be helpful to them if they're not already asking. Most most likely. Hmm. I like that. So that's what we got for you today. That's what we're learning. That's what we're thinking about. Yeah. Is... For us, we are trying very hard to maintain forward motion. What does that look like? Well, with the podcast, that means setting a deadline once a week, which worked for a while. <laughs> but it, you can see how fragile even that is. It kind of unravels quickly. It's so oh, easy yeah. to lose momentum. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so our rule with the podcast was you, we just fucking record it and ship it every Monday. I don't care how shitty it is. Yeah. I think we had one day where the sound quality just sucked. We just got over it and you yeah. just keep on moving right. because the next one will be better guaranteed. Right. And you're learning every step of the way guaranteed. Those are the two constants. You're always getting better. You're always learning. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you keep moving. Right. And it's the same thing with the vlog. Five days a week, we just like shipped them. Um, so when I'm trying to write, I try to do a little bit like every day. Now, I'm not saying I succeed, but this is like, this is what I've seen work. Um, so if you want to be a blogger, if you want to be a vlogger, if you want to be a photographer, if you want to be an artist, like you got to like figure out a way, I think, to get moving, like get your first one done. It'll suck. Then get your second one done and it'll suck a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Get your third one done and it'll suck a little less. Mm-hmm. But just ship it. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sure. Done with that. Anything else you want to add, Cammy? But then be gentle with people around you because, I mean, that was more the point of this was, mm-hmm. you know, with our kids especially – spouses partners a lot of these things are very fragile and mm-hmm. wouldn't it be cool i mean i i used to think oh being honest is always the best but there's no such thing as like just the truth or being honest it's just it's always my angle of the truth yeah um so these people they offered an angle to memory but there was other angles they couldn't see that we as the parents saw as we watch this play out mm-hmm. um so i don't know if we'll keep you updated on the pocket pet yep okay it is time to go to the phones i think that was our news one (laughs) there it is okay can you hold that down this is actually a really important phone hey this is aj from atlanta i was curious um you were talking about uh dove bullying eden and how you felt like it was a better approach to counsel her uh, and how you wish you had had that counseling in your life um, when you were younger and bullying your brother. Um, I'm curious to know what that counseling uh, would look like for you, if you could give me um, some example or some more details. Um, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old, and the six-year-old bullies the four-year-old relentlessly, so this is uh, very applicable to my life. Um, I'd like to, you know, really know what I can say or do to possibly help the situation. So if you could uh, expound on that, I would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't catch her name. I, I couldn't hear it. Um, but she's from, I think, Georgia. And she's referencing a previous topic. I don't even know if we mentioned it in the podcast or if this is the vlog, but it has to do with, um, being the oldest. I bullied my brother when we were younger and Mm -hmm. I regret that. And when Dove and Eden were younger, I saw the pattern being repeated that Dove was doing this to Eden. Mm -hmm. And we dealt with it pretty proactively, I think. And maybe what she's referencing is I wish my parents would have dealt with it more proactively with me. Mm hmm. And when you say proactive, like actually give you tools or something instead of just saying, don't do that. Yeah. So I wish my parents would have stepped in more, just been more present in the situation. Yeah. But yeah, also when they did step in, what I more heard was like these blanket kind of like statements like, almost like you're a bad kid but they didn't say those words they were like you're gonna regret this someday you shouldn't do this don't you care and um and that was really hard for me because it's i mean it sounds weird to say i just actually really believe this i didn't know any better yeah another way to put this is i didn't know how to stop and there was probably a route to why you were doing what you're doing and you didn't know why you're doing what you're doing and they and your parents weren't getting trying to get to the root of it so just telling you to stop or that you should care wasn't maybe they were trying but helping it it didn't work for me so i think what you just said is really one of the keys is to now one of the things we believe is there's always a root reason and i don't always know what that is but usually i think they're pretty basic things yeah like the oldest child feel feels threatened 
or doesn't feel as loved. Mm -hmm. Or I know for me, I felt pretty insecure, which some people might not guess because I was the oldest and more capable and uh, came across as really confident. But what I've seen is a lot of people that are that way are that come across that way because they're insecure. It's like Mm -hmm. insecurity is not a rare thing. I think everyone has it in certain forms. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So um, I don't know. Like it's kind of old fashioned, I guess. But I think it it's our job as parents and our privilege to be able to listen to what's going on beneath the surface and to address that. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like a child that feels secure and loved is less likely to bully or to lash out. And a child who's being listened to. Like truly, yes. even if you don't really know what to do as a parent, I think listening to your child goes a long way. Because for me... I, and I wasn't able to articulate this, articulate any of these things at this age. I didn't know what was going on. But I think I saw my younger brother as competition. And I think that's very natural. So the types of things I might say to the kid is really kind of anti-competitive talk. You know, like, I love you just as much. Um, but sometimes, like you said, you can't just use the words. You actually have to show them. Like, you have to listen. Mm-hmm. And as I was thinking about this question, there was one other phrase I thought about. Our parenting's changed a lot over the years. And back in the day, if some kid was having a meltdown or acting out and a parent said, oh, they're just trying to get attention, we would have all just kind of like rolled our eyes and been like, dumb kid, they're just trying to get attention. Now I'm like, yeah. Of course. So what are we going to do about that? Don't we all try to get attention? Yeah. Isn't every human on the planet actually trying to get attention in their own way Mm -hmm. like kids do it in far simpler and less ways that involve way less manners Mm -hmm. and because we see ourselves as so much more sophisticated we judge them for that yeah but that's just another way of further like ignoring them and making the problem actually worse yes they want attention Mm -hmm. they want to understand that they're valuable and significant and their primary source for that is often the parents Mm -hmm. um so I don't know if that helps, but kudos to you for even recognizing this. Yeah, especially when your kids are so young. I think that's really, really great. And I hope you continue to speak up for the younger, but also don't villainize the older and just try and understand what it is that's behind that. And I think sometimes in the process of understanding that, it could actually diffuse the situation. Hi, Ben and Cami. This is Kate in Seattle. I've left you a couple messages in the past. I'm watching your video about Bible camp, and I had to pause it and call you. First of all, I just want to say I'm sorry to see you guys in pain over this. It, it makes me sad for all of you. But at the same time, like, I want to commend you for doing the right thing. You know, standing up for gay people is standing up for human rights. And... It's the right thing to do, and so to be rejected for that is commendable, and I think that it's great for your kids to actually see the truth about who these, what the evangelical Christians are about. I grew up Jewish, atheist, and I'm very, like, left politically, and this is why people like me have a lot of judgments about evangelical Christians and feel like that they're actually very hateful people and oppressive people to other people's human rights. And so I hope that you guys um, came up with a plan to do something fun for your family on your vacation time because you deserve it. And um, I'm sorry for the pain you went through, but, you know, thank you for standing up for people who have been oppressed and hurt in this society just for being who they are. And um, I hope that the pain was short-lived. Okay? Take care. Bye-bye. That was cool. Yeah. Thanks, Kate. Yes. Um, you know what my first reaction was when I heard this? What? I was like, I didn't, we didn't stand up for anyone. <laughs> like, we just, like, <laughs> just made freaking vlogs, and then we got busted for it by Bible police, but I never, like, really tried to stand up to anyone. But then I, like, thought about it more, and I was like, 
I guess when you <clears throat> speak the truth about topics that are often swept under the rug, yeah, that is speaking up for people. And this is actually how this went down. Like, it's really weird. Um, you know, we got this phone call from this Bible camp, and then we're like, you know, there's this part of me that felt guilty for getting kicked out. Like, almost like I did something wrong. Yeah. You know, because I'm just like, I think from my childhood or something, yeah. I'm just like, anytime I get called into the principal's office, I like feel like I'm all, I always feel or guilty. Or just when you're rejected by someone or some a system, you just automatically think, or at least maybe, maybe this is just me and my background too, but you just think, I think, oh, I must have done something wrong to be rejected. And there's that phenomenon where women that are raped, like they don't want to report it to the police because they feel guilty and shame even though they like didn't do anything Mm. you know there's a psychology behind not wanting to tell those stories even if you're the victim you know yeah and immediately after this i felt this like this is i don't want to talk about this but i feel like we've been given this platform for a reason and i was like we're gonna tell the story and it's funny because I actually got some comment on YouTube just yesterday, I think, and someone was saying, oh, it's, um, it, I, I didn't appreciate how you demonized the Bible camp. And I just typed back, I was like, what do you mean by demonize? Mm-hmm. Because if you mean by telling the story of what happened to us, if that's what demonize is, they demonize themselves. Right. Like, I'm not going to own that. But I don't want to be like, those assholes, like, what a bunch of fucking losers, you know? Um, but just by telling the story of what they said and what happened and how we felt, what I started to realize very quickly was that there's a lot of people that have been through far worse than us and they don't have a platform. So I appreciate you saying that, Kate, and we're going to try and continue to tell our story. Um, as honestly as we can. Hi, Ben and Cami. This is Carly from Oregon. Um, forgive me. I'm going to try not to ramble, but I'm not so great at forming my thoughts. But I have been watching your blog for a while and obviously listened to the podcast. But I want to reference one of your old vlogs, the one that's called The Secret to Never Losing Your Kids. It's back in 2017 in October. But you guys talked about a... Um, quote from, I think it was How to Win Your, How to Win Friends and Influence People, that book. But it was a quote, people will always go where they feel the most valued. Um, I grew up in a family where I was very neutral and I was kind of everybody's go-to person for help and just at everybody's beck and call. So I spent most of my childhood and young adulthood focused on everybody else in my family. And right after high school, I moved away across the country and was away for about seven years and very quickly learned that I became very non-essential to most of my family because I was not convenient to them anymore and I wasn't around to be there when they needed me. Um, And that took a long time for me to even realize that was what was happening and... um, Yeah, it it was a struggle for me to even understand that. And then, I sorry, I can't even think right now. But anyways, I ended up moving back here and kind of became that person to everybody again and really just kind of saw my family a little bit more for what they are and what my role is in my family. Um, I love my family very dearly, but I'm not... I'm very close with them. I have really been interested to hear from you guys, especially from Cami. I've heard in the vlog that, you know, maybe you've had, you know, hard relationships with a family member. But um, I've been struggling with really, especially because of this quote, I've been thinking about it a lot this last year, about really kind of cutting off some people in my family because I don't feel um, any value coming from them that they value me in their life and 
you know, that they don't bring value to me um, in an important way anymore. And if anything, they bring negativity towards me because they only want me when they need me. And so I was really interested to hear any insight that you guys have had with family members or just friendships or even coworkers of some sort. All right, she got cut off and she called back and just asked the same question again. First of all, I think you spoke your thoughts beautifully. <laughs> it's funny because I also sometimes think I can't think blah, 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 but I don't know who put that in my head, but I think you did just fine. Well, she said her family doesn't value her. Yeah. So it would make sense if she, she doesn't like... value herself. Right, right. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, that does hit home for sure with me. Um, I think, I think it's totally normal to feel if you don't feel valued by your family members, then to stop hanging around them. And I think a lot of people feel guilty over that because they're your family. Like, oh, you should be around them. They're your family. Um, but I have come to believe that if it's not good for you to be around them, then it's okay to not be around them. So I, I agree in that I think you have any right to hang out with whoever you want to hang out with for whatever reason. Um, but you use the word cutting off and there's a, intermediary step that I would love to see or hear about if you're trying before I would suggest cutting someone off and you're saying that they're not valuing you um, I'm assuming and you said another interesting phrase you said that the roles that you guys played but ro what we've learned is that roles always take two parties and if you're a part of that because you were raised that way I'm not saying this is your fault I'm just kind of trying to say factually if you are a part of playing this role of this person by being the listener all the time and having that shit dumped on you and shoveling it and doing the work or whatever, um, then if you don't change but you just cut them out, there's a good chance that you'll go find someone else to fill that same role unless you change yourself. Yeah. So I'm all about personal change because we can't control your family members. We can only ever control ourselves. And come to find out, it's actually enough to change yourself. Because when you change, the role that you were in will stop, you'll stop playing that role. Yeah, and it gives your family members the opportunity to either accept you for not playing that role anymore, or they might not. So what I would love to see you do is to start changing that role and see how the family responds. Yeah. And my guess is there could be some kicking and screaming up front mm -hmm. and they might accept you and they might not. Now, if they don't, you some know, some people might and some people might yeah. not. But what that could look like is, I mean, let's just take one example that you said is they share their problems with you, but they don't value you is kind of the way you phrased it. So if you go to one of your family members that this phone call is happening this way, either during the phone call or maybe after or before, you could say, hey, I feel like with our conversations, you talk about your life a lot and I don't talk about mine as much. And for this relationship to work, I would love to talk more about mine and I don't want to hear about yours for you know, more than 10 minutes or the entire conversation or whatever boundary you want to place. And you'll see by how they respond, they could be like, oh, okay, great. I thought you liked listening to my problems all the time because you never said anything. Um, or they might be like, you ungrateful Offended. bitch, you yeah. suck. This is so lame. How, why would you say this to me? You need to respect me. And then you might have your answer right or there. Or they just <laughs> might be offended and, yeah, not want to talk to you. Now, most people don't like change. Yeah. It's very convenient. It's much more convenient to stay the same for short periods of time at least. Mm -hmm. So I guess I would also prepare for some kickback, but then sometimes you can give people some time and see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, but I would like to think that maybe if you 
value yourself more if you come to learn to do that, which it doesn't sound like you learned at home, but maybe you learned while you were away from home, then I know coming back to the role is difficult because it's easy to slip into the old role. But if you start modifying the role to fit the new you, the valued you, you might start to see other people fit to that as well. But if you don't value yourself, they're most certainly not going to value you. Anything else you want to say about that? I love this conversation because... Yeah, it's, it's really good. And by the way, like this is... I mean, I'm just going to toss this in there because this is like one of the best pieces of advice we ever got. Sometimes it's easy to kind of create a rule set and go back to the family and announce, I'm not going to tolerate this shit anymore. You're not going to talk to me this way. I'm valuable. And you say all these words. But then at the end of the day, you don't act differently. It doesn't matter what you say. In fact, you don't ever have to announce it or say it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the next time someone's talking for 10 minutes about themselves, you can say, hey, uh, I'm not interested in hearing about this anymore. Right. And if they keep on talking, you hang up. <laughs> you right. exercise the power. You don't talk about power. You use the power. Mm-hmm. And after three times of that happening, mm-hmm. they're going to get it way more than 20 announcements of, hey, guys, next time I'm going to really not take any crap from anyone. Mm-hmm. There's people that spend their entire lives announcing how they're not going to take any crap from anyone. And those are the people that are always taking those crap. You know it because of how much they're talking. <laughs> Got a little soapbox here, but I haven't <laughs> podcasted in five weeks. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, that's it. Yeah. Um, thanks, guys. Uh, sorry we were gone without announcing it. I think we're back now weekly, but we might be also pretty soon. We're going to be putting podcasts up on everyone belongs, uh, but we're going to try and get to 50 first and we're mm-hmm. 48. So we got two more, which reminds me, um, if you want to leave a phone message, uh, you can call 206-651-5744. Um, or we're trying to get stories for our 50th episode uh, that we can share for you guys. So if you guys want to just just say up front, hey, this is for the 50th episode, and then leave a story of how f- uh, this podcast has, you know, something that stands out to you. Um, you know, or it could be a story of how you've changed or thought about something differently, whatever. Uh, 206-651-5744. We appreciate hearing your stories. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a chair fund for um, to try to raise money for chairs that don't suck and um you can also support us on like patreon and venmo and stuff like that all the links to all that kind of stuff is below and this podcast is on all the podcasting platforms and it's on youtube if you prefer video all those links are below as well Mm. uh we appreciate you guys uh it was it was fun hearing how many people actually missed this i was like oh Mm -hmm. no one's gonna miss this but (laughs) people actually did miss this so we are valuable (laughs) we are special see you guys next time appreciate you thank you for listening to fight for together we'll see you next time